may you find some comfort here. No, no, I don't get it. Everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to I Don't Get It. That's the, the podcast about contemporary dance in Edmonton. I'm Paul. I'm Fonda. Um, and it's been a while. Yeah, it's, Happy New Year, happy everyone. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> There's that sweet sort of like stall time, like with Christmas, and then that those first few weeks of January where there isn't much going on. Uh, but we're through that now into the, the meaty future of 2015's dance and arts in Edmonton. Yes, and it is it is frankly packed meaty, after after this. Meaty, meaty chewy. Triple all, A steak. All sorts of things. Even things involving barbecue covers. So oh yeah, we'll we, get there. We'll get to that later. But uh, this week we saw um, a very interesting show presented by Alberta Ballet. Yes, what was it called? Um, well, it was Le Ballet Trocadero de Monte Carlo. They are uh, um, a group from New York that have not been in Edmonton since the 80s. Wow. Uh, and they came back in full force. And uh, yes, they, they gave us a very special show at the Jubilee. Yes. Uh, what do they do, Fonda? How would you describe the work of, of Trocadero? So the trocs, as they are as they are affectionately known yes. in short, which is great because their name is long, mm-hmm. um, they are an all-male comedic ballet group who dance in uh, mostly in drag. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, the, you know, some fantastic comedy and um, really just a big send-up of a lot of the kind of snootiness and delicacy of, of traditional ballet. Yeah, yeah. It had a lot of sort of the, uh, in its comedy moments, sort of that, that sort of drag camp vibe to it and how the sort of the jokes they'd make and how they would comment on ballet, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they they did sort of a a trio, I guess, of of pieces. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a uh, it was absolutely a full night. Two intermissions, three acts. Yeah. It was it was um, fully packed. So the first one, the first section was um, Swan Lake Act Two. Mm-hmm. Now Act Two is is what is probably one of the most famous ones um, in in Swan Lake because the the really big musical um, flourishes are yeah, in it yeah. and also some of the most famous dance parts are also in it. Prime for camp. Both of those things are prime for a yeah, camp send up. Super camp. And I would say this was actually their very campiest part of the show too. I would say it was um, probably my favorite part of the show too. I yeah. like the 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 mashing of of camp and and uh, tr- classic sort of traditional, very uh, very uh, uh, not legendary, but just one of the sort of big ballets. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, have you ever seen Swan Lake before? Uh, I've seen the movie Black Swan. Okay, um, <laughs> which is not the same. Um, so. Uh, but but I sort of I sort of have a sense of the story and and sort of the arc of it I guess. Great. So I mean, not having seen Swan Lake before, what did you actually get out of their performance? Um, uh, well, I think uh, where the comedy came in um, was was you could sort of see what they were what they were sending up. Sort of. So it starts off with sort of this this wizardly figure, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, sort of, and the thunder and lightning, and really sort of making a big dramatic splash and then sort of like heightening that and and taking it too far and sort of this sort of figure like running circles on the stage and then sort of clearly getting Getting tired and just like but still doing it you know or these (laughs) like cheap like lightning effects being projected you know Mm -hmm. um 
And that is actually supposed to be the evil swan queen who has cast the spell on all of the swans and is keeping them in oh, the forest. Not a wizard. I see. I've learned something. Okay. Great. Yeah. And then and then sort of we see these these sequences where you know uh, the the swan princess, the good one. Yes, Odette um, is Odette, the character, if you will. Yes. Um, sort of meets the 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 prince figure and they mm-hmm. they fall in love and you know the tragedy of, of that relationship, mm-hmm. uh, but comes out mostly I think in in some of the movement and and sort of how they're coming in on some of those those ballet moves and mm-hmm. the gracefulness that's then sort of like um, given a bent, given a sort of comic bent with like a weird face or a, a strange lift or, you know, yeah. an overextended <laughs> body part. Yeah, there were a lot of sort of like sideways looking eyes being like, yeah, this yeah. is a little bit weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and in Swan Lake, in the traditional choreography, there are movements that are made that make the dancers look more like swans or like mm-hmm. birds, but these guys took it to an extra level. So when they were sort of like gracefully supposed to be flapping their arms like swans, they kind of took it too far to almost like like a chicken like turkey level. Right, like <laughs> wa- wacky arms, like you were doing a weird shakedown. Yeah, you know, or uh, or the evil the evil wizard. I'm gonna stick with that at that yeah. point. Um, pulling like just like a straight up like cardboard swan across the stage on wheels. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what 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 sort of stood out about about some of the movement to you and how um, they commented on it? There were w- one of the one of the greatest um, bits in Swan Lake is this quartet that gets danced, um, and it's it's four women, four swans who mm. are dancing, and is very famous for the really intricate footwork that happens. And they did do this bit in uh, in their version of Swan Lake, and it was, I think, it was actually the funniest part of the of the evening because. Um, there's this kind of really famous head nodding that they do side to side and one of the dancers kind of ended up, he was just sitting on the end and he kind of made it more of like, kind of like a, uh, like a chin slide dance a move. cool like what yeah. is love dance head jerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah like the like Night at the Roxbury way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it was just impossible not to notice every single time that they did that, that he was just kind of on the end by himself jamming it out. Yeah. And, uh, and also... Um, um, it was a really interesting chance to see how um, how good they were at the footwork. These yes. guys were great dancers. That was another thing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. The joke sold because the rest of the time the dancing w- seemed, uh, you know, on par with the ballet I've seen. And just yeah. like, mm-hmm. uh, it was very, they were all clearly dancers. It wasn't just like a bunch of comedians making fun of ballet. It was ballet art dancers and artists making fun of ballet. Yeah, they were absolutely, they were absolutely pro, pro dancers and men dancing on full point. Which is um, which is rare to see. Uh, I think that I don't know. Maybe I noticed um, some things just about body weight and distribution. Like uh, their their movement was was stronger. Their bodies are much stronger and 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 heavier, frankly, than women's. Because yeah. when a woman is dan- when a woman is dancing on point, when a woman is dancing. when a woman when when the women <laughs> or whoever. Um, when a woman is dancing on point, she's trying to achieve this sort of like lightness and ethereal quality, especially in Swan Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was a great part of where the comedy came from in this is that they were trying to achieve it. And in some in some ways they did, but in some ways it was just not like that at all. They were just stronger faster. Um, right. There and, were some yeah. lifts that were just like a pure feat of strength. Just yeah. like a person, mm-hmm. uh, a very muscular man lifting another very muscular man, but like it wasn't no thing. They got like a visceral response from the audience. It yeah. was like, whoa, like that lift is 
big. That's big. Yeah, that's that, like, and like and a yeah. feat, like just like the sheer physical strength of that. Mm-hmm. Well, and because I mean, you know, female ballet dancers are quite light, and mm. this this is a guy lifting another guy, <laughs> really. Right. And there there's a lot there is a lot more to it. And actually, just um, the weight distribution in the shoulders, you always felt like they were kind of maybe leaning a little bit forward, and it didn't. That's not actually what was happening. It was just kind of the weight because women are able to lean a lot further back because their weight is distributed mostly around their waist. Ah. So it looks like women are able to achieve kind of like this different shape and different tone. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, it was very interesting just um, technically to watch as well. Sure, to, mm-hmm. see, to be, see men going through these, these roles uh, traditionally performed by women who are sort of um, physically smaller um, and sort mm-hmm. of have a physically different sort of center of gravity and, and weight distribution yeah. and seeing how that works. Mm-hmm. And even just things like the costumes, noting how the costumes are actually cut quite a bit lower than um, a, a female ballerina's costume would be sure. so that their pecs actually look more like a woman's chest. Yeah. You know? And they did. <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah, and and one thing you really uh, you noted uh, when, after we watched it uh, last night was just um, um, at the end of of that Swan Lake bit. There's sort of the bows and the the Odette oh, is the, brought is brought mm-hmm. flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how they just kept on with the excessive curtain calls because that is a thing. You know, as a ballet audience member, sometimes the curtain call will go on and on mm. and on, and it and it does get a little long sometimes. And they completely took advantage <coughs> of that to you know to the the comedic level. Um, yes, so uh, the executive director of Alberta Ballet, uh, Jennifer Faulkner, brought out a. a bouquet of flowers yep. to uh, Odette um, at the end of the Swan Lake act, which was still the end of the first act. It's mm-hmm. still very early on in the evening. So, but she brings it out. And I think that was the point where I really realized like, wow, um, these guys are big men. Yeah. They are big, strong men on stage. And the only reason that one of them looks like a woman is because he's a little shorter and slighter than the other guys. But when an actual woman came on stage, I kind of thought, oh my gosh, yes, they are huge. Yeah, yeah. After you pointed that out, I realized sort of how big they looked on that stage compared to mm-hmm. other dancers we've seen on that stage. Just physically, like, you know, very from where we were sitting, how much space they take up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're an amazing company of, of very strong dancers. And yeah, I think it was, it was really refreshing also to see some, you know, different body types and diversity in a ballet show. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that was the first part, then there was the first intermission. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened next, Fonda? So next they had um, a pas de deux, which was kind of cute and sparkly. Um, but the I think that the highlight of the second act was this piece they had called Go for Barocco, which is um, done to an all box score. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of stylistically a send-up of Balanchine's um, classic. Who the F is that? Okay, so Balanchine was this uh, choreographer um, in the kind of uh, 1800s. Sure. Um, maybe early 1900s. Sure. Don't quote me on these things. Uh, I don't really know. None but, of this will but, go live. But Balanchine's yeah. style was really... Um, uh, he came out with a lot of ballets that were kind of interesting. He sort of broke away from the really, really pantomime narrative style of the romantic ballets and started doing things that were not quite, not really narrative, but like 
very beautiful and symmetrical and interesting. Lots of line work, lots of um, rhythmic and repetitive things that happen. So um, he did he did some really famous ballets. Like one that I can recall right now is called Rubies, where it's all these dancers in red and it's really um, lovely. Great. So um, this dance that they did called Go for Barocco was broken into three movements, essentially, sure. um, based around the music of Bach. And <laughs> they just kind of send it up all of the tropes that Balanchine uses, like um, the the daisy chain arms and, uh, you know, you know, there's a line of dancers all holding hands and they kind of like weave in and out of each other. Sure, and yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they did that. They did that to excess at one point and started getting all tangled up. Right, right, so, I mean, right. that was it was this part was kind of more of a way uh in joke for dancers, I think. Sure, yeah. Um, understanding I, the Balanchine style. Like, I, I did not understand the Balanchine style, but I, I did sort of, I found the comedy still came through. It was very obvious. I mean, it's obvious when a daisy chain happens and someone screws up what the, what the funny mm-hmm. part is, you mm-hmm. know? Or they had they, one repetitive movement they kept coming back to. It was almost like a power walking, like <laughs> arms going in circles, sort of like trotting with your like butt tight, just like mm-hmm. speed walking, like your grandma might do. And all of them sort of doing that in a circle on stages. Yeah, and they were kind Hilarious. of making fun of the sort of like flex foot that Balanchine liked to throw mm-hmm. in there every once in a while sure. that was just really unheard of at the time. But um, yeah, they did a lot of kind of really flat-footed awkward movement uh, that that really worked, yes, for just general comedy, but also was just that extra joke knowing that, you know, oh, that's that's what they're sending up, sure. for sure. Um, um, and the costumes for this bit, I have to say, were also really funny because it looked like they were all, like, a part of a synchronized swimming group with, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, kind of a yeah, weird swim it's... cap flower on their hair, and they were all wearing these black kind of bodysuit things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So how, um, what do you think uh, about Balanchine type person, sort of one of these old sort of legendary ballet masters who sort of is, or pioneers from from various eras. What do you think they'd think of seeing ballet sent up in this way? I'll sort of comment on drag that they might have from being from a different era aside, like just on seeing sort of like in a in a very funny and and public pleasing way, sort of the piss taken out of ballet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think they would? think of that i mean i like to think that they would laugh i like to think that people even even the most staunch and serious uh people the most Mm -hmm. purest Mm -hmm. um ballet fans or or ballet choreographers even would think that this is funny and um i think that uh you know it's a kudos to alberta ballet to put a show like this in their season because even though the 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 trucks could probably get programmed by anyone, a contemporary choreographer, anything like that. I think that it's important to be able to sort of satirize and, and you know, kind of like, you know, punch that sacred cow a little bit sure, sometimes yeah. because it's funny. You have to punch the sacred <laughs> cow sometimes, quoth Fonda Mithrush. Oh, dear. I'm going to be in trouble for this, aren't right. I? Um, so, so our, okay, that was the second part. We had one more. There was one more intermission. Um, and, and what was third? So third was um, a kind of an abridged version of uh, a Russian ballet called Paquita. And now Paquita itself is about a Spanish girl or a Spanish gypsy girl mm-hmm. um, and th- th- I don't know they didn't really go too much into the story about Paquita at all no. it was mostly just like a really big celebration of this really kind of ornamental lovely old school Russian ballet right. of all the of the three pieces this one felt the least commenty to me and the mm-hmm. most about sort of showcasing the actual dancing ability of the mm-hmm. dancers and they were great in it yeah 
I mean the like the the synchrony the synchronization was fantastic um mm. they they were all you know I mean there was this one there was this one dancer who was in glasses for the whole part of the ballet sure, and yeah. it wasn't like really big like sort of like hipster like thick black glass black rimmed glasses yeah like total like you know li- librarian ner- style yeah. yeah yeah it was meant to be noticed but not that <laughs> noticed like they only really pointed it out at one point where she was on stage by herself um but for the whole thing she was just wearing these glasses and i thought that it was really funny because heaven forbid you would ever actually have someone in the actual ballet wearing glasses sure you know yeah, it would yeah. never happen no yeah, and actually, maybe there are some ballerinas who never get to be in the ballet because you know they 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 can't they can't do it like contacts they can't wear contacts and whatever the dream know. dies. They there. would yeah yeah it's like being in the military I guess you know you just don't get picked. Okay. Well, oh, wow <laughs> wow um, okay um, sure but on that note I guess maybe um, one thing that was maybe a, an interesting uh, an observation my friend Amy who was also at the show mm-hmm. um, made afterwards was that. Um, Sometimes they would they would do sort of a comedy bit, um, and then they wouldn't really like they could have done more comedy with that. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know if they maybe they were trying to balance sort of the dance and the the humor, but some of the bits felt like could they could have been explored more. For so for I guess for one example, I forget which part of the the show it was in, uh, but there was sort of this beautiful um, dance with sort of a the, there were two leads, sort of you know the the boy and the girl. Um, as costumed and they were sort of you know they were the romantic lovers sort of having this dance um, but the the male one kept sort of making eyes at one of the chorus ones who you know started mm-hmm. miming you know call me and sort of mouthing mouthing her number and that was great but it sort of just like stopped there it was like oh that's a funny thing and like they could have built on that that mm-hmm. could have been the bit and I'm, I'm assuming that was a choice that they didn't want to make these all sort of about following these these comedic things but it felt like they could have done more with that they in could, the comedy yeah. side of it I felt there were a lot Paquita all of the jokes that happened in Paquita felt rushed sure like they're yeah. like even the glasses bit yeah. in that you know yeah, anything like, that you were supposed to be like you're supposed to pay attention to and laugh it ended very quickly yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then it's like why not just sit in that why not explore that comedy more and then show that you're incredible dancers because they all were and they did do that throughout the mm-hmm. show sort of prove that but it seemed like there was more um uh more to be mined from the comedy that they they perhaps didn't uh by choice or otherwise. Yeah, and I think that um, one of the things that I remember Amy also saying was that she was watching the show with her grandfather, yeah. who is a, um, he's a Ukrainian guy, yeah, I think. Yeah, an 83-year-old Ukrainian and man he, or 80-something. And mm-hmm. he loved what they did with the Russian names mm-hmm. um, because all of the guys in the ballet have these um, Russian dancers who are sort of their, their, their like, characters. Their like characters. their drag character, but yeah. they have like hilarious Russian dancer drag names. Yeah, yeah. Like there is... Um, Nadia, do me a favor. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, the Legupski brothers and things like that. I, I mean, just the the sort of the mythos that they've built around yeah. their company is was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a, a very uh, appreciated by, I think, the whole house, you know, whatever sort of age or, or type of type of person was present, whether it was some children who were there or. Um, or someone like Amy's grandfather would just like very uh, loved it, really like a- appreciated what was being sent up, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess, again, similar question as the as the Swan Lake one, because Paquita is a very 
um, very <coughs> kind of iconic traditional Russian mm-hmm. ballet. Um, what did you think of that style? Um, I I liked it. I think um, again, sort of, it felt like the one that was. Uh, less the least actively going for the comedy and more about showcasing the dance and so for me it was like it was that sort of i think almost everyone got a solo in that sort of they they would do things one by one or most of them um and so i felt like uh i got to appreciate after seeing a lot of the comedy in it um uh, just the dance in it as well and getting to see that these guys uh, see them prove i guess themselves as dancers and in terms of the style i guess it maybe didn't um stand out specifically for me the difference uh, outside of costuming and and sort of obvious swan movements earlier um <laughs> some of some of the differences but it felt just like uh, a stable like this is ballet um this is sort of like uh, a strong ballet mm-hmm. i guess to me yeah with men in drag doing great ballet actually it was it was it was kind of neat in that way mm-hmm. uh yeah. yeah what did you think what is that was similar your thoughts yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that uh, was really interesting about it is that they made their company um, really sort of identify as a Russian company. Like yeah, they were yeah, all supposed yeah, yeah. to be the Russian mythos, dancers, yeah. um, and they and this this Russian ballet is one of their signature pieces. And they, I really liked the way that they kind of it was almost going visiting the older style of ballet even more so. Mm. Yes, there was the comedy there and the bits thrown in, but the the actual like um, ornamentation and pantomime of those old school ballets, uh, you don't often see it quite to that level anymore. It sure. was almost kind of like bringing it, bringing it back to even more traditional than it was. And also that added to the comedy because then they just built and exaggerated on those weird pantomime things right. as well. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I would say that I got it. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Totally. I think, got it. I think it was yeah. a very accessible take on ballet mm-hmm. that that anyone could appreciate. It would have been a good starter ballet for anyone. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it make you want to see more classical ballet? You think? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say, especially sort of based on that last one, it's sort of uh, I got to appreciate the movement and uh, and yeah, I would see more based on that. But it sort of hooked me by getting there through comedy. Yeah, yeah. They're all good movers, all good comedians, and yeah, yeah worked in that way. Bam. So, um, well, now that we're now that we're back at it, uh, it is, it is. We're we're into the meaty. thick of things. Really now. getting into the meat now. Oh, <laughs> uh, so what's coming up, Fonda? Let's let's take a look at what's sort of next in dance in Edmonton. For okay, the next so while. coming up first and most immediately um, on January thirtieth and thirty first at the Meyer Horowitz Theater, um, the Orcasis Dance Society uh, at the University of Alberta is celebrating their fiftieth anniversary. Um, well, they, so hold on, what is Orcasis? If if we haven't heard or seen a show by them in. Uh, I guess the year we've been doing this, but they're 50 years old. What gives? Yeah. Actually, um, Orcasis <coughs> doesn't get a lot of coverage. I'll put ah. that out there. But it's um, they are a they are actually a dance school ah. um, at the University of Alberta, and they do they do classes in jazz and contemporary dance. Um, they've been there for 50 years, right? So sure. they have had people like Brian Webb and Bob Baker and 
uh, Peggy Baker also oh. go through um, dance motif or go through orchises. And every year they do a show called Dance Motif, ah, okay, which yeah. showcases all the shows, uh, the work that the classes have been doing. Um, and actually, probably the last time I was in a contemporary dance show oh. was with Dance Motif. Great. Um, okay, so how are they celebrating that? What are they doing for their So they're, they're celebrating with a big Dance Motif show where they've actually got Peggy Baker to come back and choreograph um, uh, a dance on the Good Women Dance Collective. Cool. Um, it's a duet, so two two of the good women will be performing on one night, and the other two will be performing the other. Um, and then she's also choreographed a special piece on seventeen or fourteen. It's one of those odd numbers like that. Um, f- seventeen dancers from the Orcasis Dance School. Peggy, Peggy Baker. Has. Peggy Baker yeah. has okay. choreographed this, and um, yeah, so it's a chance for these dance students at the school to kind of start out the way that she did, and it's really interesting. Um, Peggy Baker has actually been doing a lot of work in Edmonton in the last year, which is fantastic. She's one of Canada's greatest dancers of all time. So so that is the first thing that's coming up. Great. Uh, Next up... um uh, at the Canoe Theater Festival, the theater festival, uh, Toy Guns, the sort of uh, upstart company who have so, had a great fringe run this summer and have been doing stuff for the last year or so, are, are doing a new work as part of the Canoe Fest. It is called, in in one of their their typical, very elongated names, uh, Fortuitous Endings, and then in parentheses, What to Do When You Wake Up Drunk in the Barbecue Cover in Your Neighbor's Backyard, end parentheses. Um, so, uh, yeah, based on what we, uh, what we've seen from them before should be, um, uh, uh, should be a thing to see. A thing Um, to see. I I hear there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, um, sand in the show. Okay. As opposed to 300 pillows in previous shows. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's things. Right. There (laughs) are, there are things. There's, there's prop work, but like really crazy excessive prop work. Great, great. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, coming up a little closer to the end of February, we'll just give a plug for Mile Zero's next salon, um, which is called Without Borders. That's actually going to be at the DC3 Art Project studio oh. um, on February 20th and 21st. Which is downtown by Grant McEwen, for yeah. those who don't know. Um, so very accessible. And then uh, lastly, I guess the last thing on our immediate radar uh, brings us back to Alberta Ballet. Um, for fumbling towards ecstasy, the uh, Sarah McLaughlin Ballet. Ooh, yes, yeah. it's their remount. So that's also February twentieth and twenty first at the Jubilee. Yes. And uh, yeah, I think that that leaves us with um. Well, that's that's the week. <laughs> that's that's the week. We are back in it, into the 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 meat of dance back for the in next. It. Yes. Yeah. Also, everyone, just to note that the Yegi nominations are open. And if you like us, maybe just, you know, give us a little plug. Give us a little love there. That'd Great. Be cool. We are the defending champions of the arts and culture <laughs> arts and podcast. Culture category. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what that entails, what we have to do, what sort of threats or coercion we have to make. But um, uh, consider it. Or don't. We're, do here, you. we're here for you. We're here for you. We're here for dance. <laughs> okay. Um, and you. Yeah. Go watch some dance, everyone. Bye. I Don't Get It is a podcast produced by Pablina, Fonda Mithrush, and Andrew Paul. It was recorded in a blanket fort in the Tall House on Alberta Avenue in Edmonton, Alberta. Our website is idontgetitdance.com. You can follow us on Twitter at I Don't Get It Dance, and you can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Our theme song is Mountain Time by Ghibli. Follow his music and check him out at ghibli.bandcamp.com. Sit here thinking.